Hello and welcome to Barbatas Catholic Podcast, the show where two Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. Walter and Gustavo again this week. Um, again, like life. <laughs> again, like I see, you're I fed like, up with us. Like, uh, no, no, it's like, what? who else would it be? <laughs> well, you know, we haven't done an interview in a while, so... It, it, we are on the holidays, so it's a little bit dif- more difficult mm-hmm. to like schedule. Um, people, people are very selfish with their time. With their time. They just want to spend it with their family and whatnot. Uh, yes. Some people, man. Mm. Some people. You just can't so, work with that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a professional. Can I work like this? Um <laughs> But today is uh, St. Nick's. Happy feast day of St. Nick's, the real Santa Claus. Yep. So um, I cannot wait for all the St. Nick punching Arian. Is it Arian mm-hmm. that he punched? Uh, I think my favorite has to be, I have come to bring glad tidings and and I'm all out of or something like that, but <laughs> and 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 backhanded slaps and I'm all yeah. out of glad tidings. Um, <laughs> it's really funny. Do you do you put coins on the girls' uh, shoes? We do. We do everything. We do the letters and we do the um, coins. Cold too. We're not bashful about showing their mishaps, you know, and where can they where they can improve. Um, but yeah, oh, the but oranges you, and the coins you, and everything. You impersonate St. Nicholas, right? And you write letters to the girls? Yes. Yeah. So we kind of like, well, Caro does the writing. You know, she prays to St. Nick and she writes down pretty much a summation of how the kids' year was and hmm. praises them for all the good things that are doing and that they are doing and offers them encouragement in areas that they can improve. You know, if they're watching okay. too much TV, they tell them, he tells them, you know what? Well, um, there's other more productive things. It's a very positive, you know, we don't, we're, we don't slap anybody. Allah say Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we do, we do do that. Um, handwritten letters and uh, stamp it with like a wax seal and everything. It, it's, we try to keep it as authentic wow. as as we can. That's it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Definitely worth it to see their faces. On the Cantu household, we got it to the point that this is the first year that everybody's putting out their shoe outside of the room. And um, I was asking Deanna if Saint Nick was prepared. <laughs> And my other response was brilliant. She's like, we still have some candy from Halloween laying around. <laughs> like, perfect. Perfect. Brilliant. So um, we're not going to do handwritten letters with wax seals, but um, oh, to each their own, we'll you know. Get there. We'll get, I'm not saying that is the right thing to do. It's just you do what you can do. Yeah, I think um, it's it's just so it doesn't go unnoticed. The, the important thing is to tell the kids and and spend time as a family just reflecting on St. Nick's life. Yeah, make absolutely. sure that they know, you know, the distinction and, and the origin story. You know, now we're all about origin <laughs> stories with these superhero movies. Well, we should we should have our own uh origin stories that we pass on to our kids. You know, I think it's super important. And we we have a lot of fun. There's a lot of good content too and and like if you go informed, um there's like 
every other documentary or cartoon that you can watch with the family. That's usually what we do too at night after the rosary. Yep. Just put on this animated uh, film about the life of St. Nick. And it's it's really just about spending time with family and with St. Nick and his day. Saints Alive podcast. Shout out to them. They did a two-part uh, episodes or yeah of the life of St. Nick. Pretty Pretty good stuff. Nice. Um, all right. So we are in the second week of Advent, and we're getting closer and closer to um, next week. Uh, it'll be St. Lucy. Mm-hmm. And and then the Friday after that is going to be December 16, which marks the beginning, the official beginning of Las Posadas. And um, we mentioned in the episode from last week that uh, we were going to dedicate a full episode on this um, Advent tradition. Um, And this is it. Um, You don't need to grab any pen or paper. We actually have an ebook that um, we put together and we'll have it on our direct.me forward slash barbatus for for download for everybody to to go and get it um, so you can follow along. But um, let's start from the beginning. Uh, a very good place to start, as uh, the sound of music says. Um, what are <laughs> what are posadas? Uh, well, posadas are a novena, basically, um, that is celebrated in Mexico and other Latin American countries between December 16 and Christmas Eve. And um, well, the word posada in Spanish means in or lodging. And um, through these nine days, we are walking with Jesus, Mary, and Joseph on their way to Bethlehem, and basically covering the, um, the things that happen on uh, Luke chapter 2, 1 through 7. Um, well, but how did they originate? Gustavo already knows because he's read the ebook. Um, do you want to take that part? Yeah, sure. So the Augustinian friars of San Agustin, the the Acolman, near Mexico City, are believed to have celebrated the first posadas. Around 1586, uh, a friar called Diego de Soria, uh, the Augustinian prior, obtained a papal bull from Pope Sixtus V to celebrate what we call Misa de Aguinaldo, or Christmas gift masses. Uh, between December 16th and the 24th, Aguinaldo. God, man, I never had a job in Mexico that gave me, like, Aguinaldo. Um, I had to explain to Diana what Aguinaldo was. Mm-hmm. For those listening, Aguinaldo, in, in Mexico, you it's get your... Bonus. Yeah, basically, you, you get, like, a month, a month's worth of your salary the second week of December. Um, that's, like, a common practice. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing here. In the U.S., you just get 26 paychecks if of your salary, obviously. But mm-hmm. anyways, it, it's a nice thing. But everybody has money around that time. So, yeah. yeah also it's... dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one. You can you can you can drink it or there's a lot of muggings happening, too, because <laughs> people know that people have money. Dude, the lines of the bank at that that like that week were nuts. 
He's like, don't go yep. to the bank that that weekend because it was crazy. Yeah, just like the ATM. It's mm-hmm. insane. Um, okay, so the Augustinian uh, friars start this. Uh, it, it starts in the. Uh, it, it's kind of a mixture of of Catholicism in um, Aztec traditions mm-hmm. because um, the Aztecs used to honor Huitzilopochtli. Um, one of their gods during the winter solstice, which usually falls around like December 20th, uh, 21st, depending on the year. And um, they would have special meals and they would have uh, guests coming to the gatherings and they would give like small figurines or idols uh, made from um, like a toasted corn paste with agave syrup. And um and the posadas are the result of like the, the merging and expanding, I would say, of these celebrations. Mm-hmm. Um, they were originally celebrated in churches, but um, slightly uh, they they moved into the homes in the neighborhoods where families would like celebrate them as a neighborhood um, during these nine days. And um, I do remember my grandma, my mom's mom she was the one that would put together the posadas in the neighborhood where mm. she lived. And that's where we would go because each family volunteered for one night from the 16th to the 23rd, at least. And then uh, Nochebuena, Christmas Eve, everybody would be with their family in their home. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the last posada you celebrate with your family, because that's a, that's another cultural difference between the U S and Mexico. Like we we would open presents on Christmas Eve at midnight, mm-hmm. and then um, pack the car with all of the gifts and go home at, at like two three in the morning, and and wake up the next day and eat more tamales uh, and play with your toys versus uh, Christmas Day opening of presents and all that stuff did, did you grow up with uh posadas in your neighborhood as well oh yeah for sure i mean i was in youth group from age oh, 12 right. so that was a, a staple you know we waited all year for that and i mean there was like 30 or 40 of us in youth group so it was a lot of guys and a lot of girls you know like roaming the streets with candles uh, around <laughs> that time and it was pretty cool because there was always there wasn't a lack of places that we could uh, that we could set up for for that day, and and yeah, I remember it vividly. You know, just going around the neighborhood and 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 going doing the what we're gonna get into here the the anatomy of a posada, mm-hmm. um, and it was just like a lot of fun and a lot of fun and good clean fun spending community and. Bitter cold though. Oh my gosh, Nogales is like super cold in December and January. That's as cold as yeah. it gets. Um, but we we really didn't mind when you're young, you know. Yeah, nobody, not, not uh, nothing aches. Um, just a spring chicken. Yeah, right now it'd be like I wait for you in the car. You know, I'll keep the I, heater I going. <laughs> Dude, like Saturday. This last Saturday was like the wettest day of the year in Phoenix, and my knee is starting to hurt. Oh no! I'm like, 
I'm too young for having knee problems. I know. To start having, anyways, it's, we'll talk about my, my knee problems. I pray for my knee that I that I get better. I know that I need to lose weight, but we're gonna have an episode on, on Walter's knee. <laughs> Walter's knee. <laughs> okay. Um, so the anatomy of uh, posada, like Gustavo was saying. So if you want to celebrate or host or, or both. Uh, posadas with your family and friends um, or your parish or your youth group, like Stone was saying. Um, we, we try to put together a guide to uh, break down the basic components of this celebration. So usually the way that I remember it, and, and Gustavo, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but normally people will like gather uh, like around 6 p.m.-ish. They can happen it was usually like an evening kind of happening. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean that it's like hard and fast rule. Like if, if you need to do it earlier than that, keep in mind that in Mexico dinner is like 8 p.m. Yeah. Um, so well, the, uh, well, the point I think is to um, get as close as possible to traveling that journey that Jesus and Mary, uh, that Joseph and Mary were traveling, right? Right which it was at night, it was cold. We know it was cold. So it's not Try something that, yeah, it's not something that you want, want to do like at noon or anything like that. Right. Ideally, you know, and it's, a, it's, a, it's that recreation that, that bringing to mind what they went through, uh, seeking lodging and, 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 and those moments. Yes. So, um, so once you have everybody, at the place that you are meeting, um, you are going to pedir posada. You're going to ask for for lodging, and there's a very specific song that I don't know who composed it. Probably the Augustinian uh, friars, um, but um, it, it it's kind of like a waltz, like three quarters, mm -hmm. um, and and you divide the attendees in two groups. So, so half of the, the, the people are going to be inside and half of the people are going to be outside. So so the group that is outside usually carries uh, los peregrinos or, or the pilgrims, which is Mary, Joseph, and, well, Mary pregnant and with Joseph. Jesus uh -huh. and Joseph. Uh, bonus points if you have a donkey. Mary mm -hmm. sitting on a donkey. Um, you know, at, for the longest time when I was a kid, I was like, Los Peregrinos, Los Peregrinos, but I never knew that it was Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Mm -hmm. I'm like, huh, it's the same group of people. Anyways. Um, so what so, can I tell you one detail that we used to do? Yeah. So uh, on December 12th, on our, our Lady of Guadalupe feast day, right? We... Yeah there's this huge uh, procession from parish to parish in, in the Gallus. And I tell you, the whole city gets involved, right? The, the firemen, police, schools, well, back then, right? right All now. 100 people. All 100 together. people in the Gallus <laughs> step out of their hut. <laughs> Shout out to Nogales, my, my beautiful Nogales. Um, but it, it's like a whole, it was like a whole town event. So there were like, imagine the light parade here in Phoenix, right? Right. That's what it kind of was like, but it was obviously very, very Catholic centric 
like the 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 firefighters would have these huge display displays of Our Lady and and the Tilma, and all the parents would dress up their kids as Saint Juan Diego, and like a bunch of parents would dress up their daughters as Our Lady. For us, you know, we would participate as part of the youth group. We would pick one Juan Diego, one Joe, or like one Juan Diego, yes, and one and one Mary, mm-hmm. and that same person that volunteered to be our lady would be like the actual uh mary that we would take in into the posadas that we oh, would okay. just assign yeah. her as saint joseph so we right, would, you could carry like uh, let me clarify you can you can take like statues uh or an image or something yeah. that symbolizes uh the holy family right mm-hmm. and then we we just piggybacked on the fact that we already had picked somebody to play our lady right. and that person would be uh uh i mean mary. that too you can dress up like two kids to to take the place of mm-hmm. joseph and mary if you want to do that um that's also valid and um and then the gathering place would be like the main entrance to wherever you are hosting the event so um the inside group stays on one side of the door the outside group stays um on the other side and um then a song is sang uh, and there's like this back and forth um so it's like antiphonally right kind of like doing it back and forth yeah sort of like litany of sorts Mm -hmm. i've I've heard it uh said as like the the litany of uh and it it kind of recreates a conversation uh, Joseph would have had with um, an innkeeper in Bethlehem that allowed them to stay in the manger. Um, and, you know, for safety reasons, if you want to have the candles, uh, the people that are outside carrying candles, they can. And if you have very little ones, maybe use the ones that are electric to have like a little mm-hmm. light bulb, LED candles. Um, should we go over the translation in English, we're not gonna torture you singing it, um, but let's just let's just read the translation of the. Uh, I'll do the outside, you do the inside. Sure. So it begins saying, "In the name of heaven, I beg you for lodging, for she cannot walk, my beloved wife." And then the people on the inside are gonna start by responding, "This is not an inn, so keep going. I cannot open." You may be a rogue or it's like people. a vagrant, you know, or somebody dangerous. Yes. Um, the response to that would be, don't be inhuman. Have mercy on us. The God of the heavens will reward you for it. Then the response to that would be, you can go on now and don't bother us. Because if I become annoyed, I will give you a thrashing. It escalates pretty quickly. <laughs> well, you you're waking him up from a slumber. Uh, you know, he doesn't true. know who you are. Um, <laughs> so then it continues saying, "We are worn out, coming from Nazareth. I am a carpenter, Joseph by name. I don't care about your name. Let me sleep, because I already told you, we shall not open the door or open up." And then we have a special guest today. We have Lucia, who oh, is oh cutie pie. She doesn't want to go to sleep. Um, 
So then it continues to say, I am asking you for lodging, dear man of the house, just for one night for the queen of heaven. So Joseph starts doing this counter argument that is uh, pretty intense. Yeah, Joseph is going like, dude, going trust me, you're going to want to open the door. Right. So the, the response from the innkeeper would be, well, if it is a queen who solicits it, why is it at night that she travels so alone? Yeah. I mean, it's a fair question, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, then Joseph goes on to explain, my wife is Mary. She's the queen of heaven, and she's going to be the mother of the divine word. All true things. Mm-hmm. And then at this moment, the person on the inside or the people on the inside recognize or start recognizing, are you Joseph? Your wife is Mary. Enter, pilgrims. I did not recognize you. Trust us, it rhymes and it sounds nicer in yeah. Spanish and when you sing it with a bunch of people. <laughs> Trust us on this. Um, then it goes to say, May God pay, gentle folks, your charity, and thus heaven heap happiness upon you. And the inside people respond, Blessed is the house that shelters this day, the pure virgin. The beautiful Mary. And then there are two stanzas that don't follow this, the metric of the waltz at the end, where people, as they are entering, the group from outside is entering the house. Um, they what's sing. A, what's a twist? It's the crescendo, Walter. You know? Yeah, you yeah. Gotta, it's like a, it's like a key amp chain and everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> Enter holy pilgrims, receive this corner. For though this dwelling is poor, I offer it with all my heart. Let us sing joyfully as we ponder that Jesus, Joseph, and Mary are honoring us today. Um, so that's kind of like the like the opening activity, I guess. And, and one of the that the actual uh, name of asking for posada, pedir posada, that's how you ask for mm-hmm. posada. Um, and um, and then after that, everybody's inside. And the prayer portion of the uh, posada follows immediately. So once everybody settles and finds a place to sit or or whatever, um, I my family traditionally would pray the rosary, mm-hmm. especially the joyful mysteries, since they include um, the Annunciation, the Visitation, the Birth of Jesus. Um, but alternatively, I've seen that um, the infancy narratives can be read from the Bible, mm-hmm. um, the first two chapters of the Gospel according to St. Luke, and the first two chapters of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Um, what do you guys do with youth group? when you... We did the rosary. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's pretty um, standard, you know, and I think everybody yeah. can follow it, and you don't have to be logging around the Bible if you're walking uh, with little ones and stuff like that. But the host uh, family, I think, can also bring ideas up. The idea is to keep it consistent between the different homes that are going to be hosting throughout the, the novena yeah. uh, and to not make it super, super long. No. That's right. Because if you're my grandma, you're going to make a rosary last like 45 now minutes to an hour. Oh, yeah. Now we're easy. Yeah, with the... The litany, litany right? of Loreto and all mm-hmm. that. Um, and then 
after the the prayer part is over party time the, the fellowship part right party time um so here are some suggestions of things that we have experienced growing up in mexico of food and drink that are seasonal uh, during this time of year um and you know refreshments are kind of expected mm-hmm Um, but it some, can be a potluck, right? I mean, it can be a potluck. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, I, I, there were times where there was only like, you know, um, tostadas con salsa, or something mm-hmm. like that. Super simple. Um, or, uh, you know, nothing. It would just be like, you get that and you get your, your bolo, your aguinaldo, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Uh, families for us used to have like, it from like, full-on meals to coffee and cookies, like the simplest yeah. thing, like you said. You know, it's just, it doesn't need to be fancy. It It's just meant to, like the word says it, you know, it's meant to uh, um, foster fellowship and community. Yes. Um, but, for example, on, on, on Christmas Eve, it's kind of customary to have tamales for, for the dinner uh for christmas um uh, and uh well you know who's gonna say no to tomatoes i feel like i well, wouldn't well that's a conversation for another episode depends when they come from, I, where they come from and who made them that is true we're, no, gonna, say, we're, gonna, we're gonna do the outtakes of your like tamales story when dude day. um oh my gosh i don't think we have time for, for that one today but it's very funny Um, atole is, is, a, is another thing that you can have. It's a, it's a warm drink. It's made out of uh, masa, um, the, the corn flour that, that you use to make tamales as well. Water, milk, cinnamon, vanilla, and piloncillo, which is kind of molasses. Um, and um, so you can make like the base atole recipe, like a vanilla atole uh, with all the ingredients that I mentioned. And... Uh, And you can add any flavors, any flavorings mm-hmm. to it. Um, but if you use chocolate to flavor it, then it becomes champurrado, mm-hmm. which I don't know why the the chocolate flavored one will have a different name. But well, uh, yes and no. Uh, traditionally, champurrado f- that I know uh-huh. is he has the same ingredients, but but you toast the flour. The flour okay. has to be toasted. And I remember this vividly because we used to sell it as part of youth group fundraising at uh-huh. uh, at the cemetery for Dia de los Muertos. Okay. So we would make like a, a giant pot of this thing. And yes, one of the moms from youth group would help us with tamales. And that would be our fundraiser for our retreats. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would go to the cemetery and obviously in Mexico, Dia de los Muertos, Everybody's at the cemetery. There's a big festival and whatnot. You've seen Coco. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but yeah, champurrado is like a tedious, very, very laborious gig from what I remember. Well, you have so, to stare it so a lot. you don't get clumps. Well, you have to stare the, the, the flour until it gets yeah. toasted, like dry. You know, you can't add anything to it. And when it, and, and then there's like, like a, like a magic, moment where it's perfect and then it's just burnt and you ruined it. <laughs> That's yeah, how the, it was explained to me. <laughs> the recipe that we included 
it's it more simple. Toast yeah, the, it's, it's the flour. So it's, 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 it's it. a little bit more basic. But yeah, it's your toasted flour and it's your cinnamon, your cocoa. That's kind of like the staples of a champurrado. Yeah, and it's it, it warms the heart mm-hmm. as well. Um, and burns and, the lips. And burns the lips. If you don't blow on it, you need to wait for a little temperate. Um, it, it will always burn yeah. your tongue if you are not paying attention. Another thing that can burn your tongue if you're not paying attention is ponche. Ponche or ponche navideño, um, it's basically a fruit tea. I, I guess that's the best way to describe it. Um, it is made with tamarind. Piloncillo, again, cinnamon, guavas, uh, jocotes, which I recently learned that in English it's called a hawthorn apple. I was today years old. When I learned that. Uh, prunes, raisins, apples, pears, sugarcane. Um, so pretty much the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you put all of these ingredients uh, together in, in, a, in a stock pot. And you boil the crap out of them. Um, and then it makes like a really nice warming um, drink. And um, on top of that, you can you can spike it if you feel inclined to do so with uh, tequila or brandy or whatever mm-hmm. uh, else you want you want to put on it. That, that was kind of like my... Um, the, the, the Lopez side of the family and my mom's side of the family... It was that it was not Christmas without two things: uh, ensalada de Navidad, uh, the uh, apple chunks with like marshmallows and like sweet oh, cream. Oh, dude! <laughs> I had we didn't put in the about e-book. that. It, it's not Christmas without that thing, which is that disgusting. Is, dude, it's amazing. I, I had, like it. Well, it has the coconut, right? The coconut and the nuts yeah, and the whatnot. Yeah, the coconut and walnuts or pecans. Dude, I, you just brought me back to when I was five years old. I used to love that. I probably wouldn't like it too much now. Even though I'm well, a sweet probably, tooth, yes, exactly. I, I'm That's not what I was like saying. that much. You probably liked it when you were a kid because um, oh, yeah, it's, it's so basically, rich. yes, sugar and sugar and sugar. <laughs> When, everything when, is yeah when marshmallows is the main ingredient yeah, yeah there's it's nothing like a seven else you layer can do. dip <laughs> there's nothing else you can do to bring the sugar levels down also calling it salad when it has marshmallows <laughs> in it it's just no. i'm just eating a salad i'm eating healthy you know a little bit of a salad <laughs> um and um <laughs> i lost my train of thought yeah um we also have a recipe for this in um, in the ebook. Um, the last thing that some of the ideas of like the seasonal stuff that, that we have is buñuelos. And buñuelos, uh, Gustavo and I have. Um, th- he has his version of it. The one that we in- included is, is kind of like mentioned. Is, is kind of a basic thing. It, the easiest way to describe it is would be like a flour tortilla that has been deep fried. And tossed in cinnamon sugar. Mm-hmm. However, in places like Sonora, what do they put on top of it? Well, it's really complicated again. I, like again, I don't know if this this is. 
I, I have my mom as reference, right? My mom made right. everything complicated. Well, your, everything your mom ran so, a restaurant, so... Yeah, and everything was warfare. so good, so I can't falter for making it complicated. Because um, I think if you go as simple as what you just mentioned, it it passed the test, you know? It's a buñuelo. That's mm -hmm. the basic. But, yeah, piloncillo, basically your molasses mix... Uh, and make a syrup. Out make of it. a syrup, like a very, very sticky syrup. And why is it sticky, you ask? Because it has to hold on to a bunch of crumpled peanuts that go on top of it. See, that was the part that I was like, peanuts? Dude, it's pretty amazing. So in my case, there's no powdered sugar, cinnamon, or anything like that. It's the, it's the syrup, and then you're just like covered with like mashed crushed peanuts that's the buñuelo that i grew up with but does it have the fried tortilla oh yeah, yeah 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 oh, okay yeah i so guess we're it's not the animals. toppings yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we're not it's just, so for those listening this is the closest thing would be like an indian fry bread yeah but like thinner and crispy like really thin yeah um anyways and um and, and from there that's kind of like your basic um, once the, the, the fellowship part ends, everybody goes home and, but there are some extras that you could have, um, especially on, on Christmas Eve, uh, on the last day of Las Posadas for the celebration of Christmas and the bolo or aguinaldo that we mentioned, um, it's kind of like a goodie bag for the guests and, um, the, the rule in, in my grandma's house it was uh, if you didn't pray the rosary, you didn't get a bolo. You didn't get a guinaldo. So you had to pray in order to get the goodie bag. Mm -hmm. um, so it would usually be like a cellophane bag. And to, to, to bulk it up at the bottom, you would get like a, 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 an orange, then a bunch of shell, in shell peanuts, a few pieces of candy, and, and, and that was it. That was your bolo. So mm -hmm. everybody was like eating peanuts or peeling oranges or e eating a, a little bit of candy. Um, it's, it's, it's a good time. It, it brings a lot of memories, honestly, to be a kid and getting that. Because you go to pray the rosary and you get a treat nine mm -hmm. days in a row. Mm -hmm. So that was like the motivation to go to Las Posadas. It's like, yeah, van a tener sure. bolo. <laughs> mm-hmm. The um, tough part for me was when the families involved for the hosting didn't like get get together and discuss what they each were gonna have, and you would uh -huh. end up having like tamales for like nine straight days. Oh uh, well, yeah, there's that. And you're like, come Christmas you know morning, you're, you're like, I cannot. You're eat going another to tamale. have them until <laughs> New Year's mm -hmm. uh, at yeah. that rate. Mm -hmm. um yeah my 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 dad's mom um well both sides of the family they would make i kid you not like maybe 300 um tamales uh, for mm -hmm. christmas eve uh hold on one second yeah yeah my mom the same thing it was she would make so many tamales she would make them to sell so she would sell them um, but then well, she would different. make our portion of it, and they would last through, yeah, the holidays for sure. Yeah. We we would we would consume our own stash, mm -hmm. our own supply. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my mom would make so many that, like, she would just freeze them. Uh-huh. And then, like, randomly in March, she'd be just like, uh, we're having tamales because that's what we have. It's like, sweet. Yeah. yeah. And after a little bit, it's like, okay, it's welcome. It's a welcoming change of pace because yeah. they're so uh, labor intensive. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, piñatas. Piñatas are a Christmassy thing. Well, you know, every birthday in Mexico has a piñata or has to have a piñata apparently but piñatas now are very different they all have like different kinds of shapes and like um, you can have a bus light year or woody uh, piñata but originally um, it was used a as a, um, a, a way to catechize people it was also it's not originally from Mexico it started in China then it went to Italy and then from there went to Spain, from Spain came to Mexico in the 16th century by the same Augustinian friars uh, of Alcoman, Acolman. Not a, <laughs> I'm starting to make up names and superheroes. <laughs> uh, and um, so the original piñata used to be a clay pot filled with, uh, with candy and fruit. And then they would attach seven cones or spikes uh, made out of uh, paper. And then they would glue all this papier mache, uh, colorful papier mache on the outside of uh, it. And um, kids would take turns beating the piñata with a stick, sometimes blindfolded, mm-hmm. until someone would break the the clay pot and then all the the, the goodies would spill out of uh, on the floor and then after that's a free for all for everybody to grab as many uh, things that they they can want um but yeah so this is also a very dangerous activity because you know with the stick and every someone is not paying attention can get hit in the head it's yeah. a whole ordeal there's to say that it happened there's a great episode in the office uh when they do like a welcome back party for uh oscar who's who's mexican right and uh-huh. and they have like all these different Mexican things and uh, <laughs> and they have a piñata a piñata and and somebody's uh it's Dwight's turn and he grabs the stick and somebody's going to put a blindfold on him and he's like no 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 I don't need that <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, just, it's to make it harder doofus you know <laughs> he's like no 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 I don't need that I know. He just he grabs so frustrated. He just grabs the stick like a samurai sword is the is the best. <laughs> Um, but again, there's just a lot of symbolism on it, right? So, mm-hmm. so the way that those things represent uh, other things, so like the the blindfold, um, it would be the faith because sometimes faith is blind. Um, seven cones would represent the seven deadly sins. Uh, the beating of the piñata represents a struggle against temptation and sin, and breaking the piñata. In the subsequent shower of treats, um, would represent the reward for keeping the faith. So even the song, it, it, it's like uh, to to stay on the on the on the path, um, if I remember correctly. Dale, uh, dale, dale. Yeah. Uh, don't lose your aim, mm-hmm. because if you lose your aim, you lose the path. Basically, you lose your way. Basically, you lose your way. See that the rhymes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's variations depending on where you are in Mexico because then I heard that it's like ya le diste una, ya le diste dos mm-hmm. 
Ya le diste tres. We don't say that in Monterrey. Yeah. It's, you know, it's different. I think that was invented to get kids to let go of the stick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Okay. It's like you get three hits. Time's and, up. And, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, and last one, Pastorella. Pastorella. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let me, let me. Did they do it uh, by by size of the of the kids? Of course, you have to have the wimpy little kids first, and then the horse, horse-like kids um, last. I would always be the last one to hit the piñata in my family. You were pretty tall, huh? Yeah, yeah, the so tallest of the cousins. That's the thing. It sucked though when the th second or third kid got lucky and it just hit it just right, and Especially it ruined it for the other twenty one. kids. Yeah. yeah, if they get like a flimsy one that is just made out of paper, you know. Anyways, they, they started making them like indestructible. I think you need a rocket ship now to, or like, a, like a rocket launcher, a lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> how do you say carrizo in, in English? I don't even know how to say it in Spanish. What is that? It's um, like a reed. Um, it's like it's not like bamboo. It's like thinner. Navara. And, Como una vara, pero está hueca por dentro. So it's like a, a hollow cylinder of, of, yeah, I think a reed is the closest thing that mm. translates. And they would use that to, like, make the, the structure. And then they oh. would, like, put, like, newspapers to make, like, the shape of it. Huh. And it's easy to, to break with a stick. But then <laughs> there would be, like, jagged edges. Mm -hmm. to to work with so again it's kind of like a s extreme sport it's pretty it's dangerous because the even the dads that are, are like on the roof of a car and on the roof of the house like <laughs> like pulling this thing the up rope. and down with the rope that uh, they have like very very it, loosely tied to their hip it's always a single uncle mm -hmm. the, the uncle that is single that has had like a few beers and it's like <laughs> yo me subo <laughs> Um, I got yeah. this. Yeah. How I many can, kids I, you want me to hit? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then they play with you and then they land like yeah. the piñata on your head. Anyway, it's a whole ordeal. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, lastly, uh, we're talking about pastorelas. Pastorelas are plays that recreate the events of Luke chapter 2, 8 through 20, uh, where the shepherds follow the star of Bethlehem to find the Christ child. Um, don't ask me why this became a thing, but um, I remember in my family, we would put together our own shows for the whole family on, on Christmas Eve. Um, and the plot is always the same. It's, it's uh, the angels led by Gabriel trying to tell the shepherds about the Messiah being born. And then the demons led by Satan trying to stop the shepherds from adoring the Christ child. But, um, you know, it would take wild forms where, like, uh, there's so many ways to tell the story and uh, so many ways to represent those um, verses from the Bible that um, it, it just became, like, a popular thing for mm -hmm. people to adapt that story and make it so, like, there was one where the demons and the angels um, fight like street fighter in order to decide who wins. Another one, they play like a match of soccer. 
you know, and there were like popular productions in actual theaters where like people wow. would like, at least in Monterrey, it was like a big deal to have like a basurella in yeah. a theater. Um, of course, it would be like full entertainment and not necessarily something of a religious uh, sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones that are like at home would be more on the, uh, try to be more uh, in tune with with the gospel. Yeah. Um, so one of the, the most traditional ones uh, that I could find was, is called La Noche Mas Venturosa. And it's fairly old. This was written in 1821 by Jose Joaquin Fernandez de Lizardi. Lizardi. Um, and um, I was reading it and it's pretty dated. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, this is like a whole scene with just the shepherds like showing their daily life. Mm-hmm. And and then it, it takes a while for the angels mm-hmm. to make their entrance and, and, and tell them about the Messiah. But um, again, this is this is one of those traditions that started in the church and then it made it to the neighborhoods and the families. Um, and it's just part of the, the celebrations of um, of Christmas Eve. That it's, it's it's not something that is absolutely necessary to have, but um, I guess it's one of the things that I really love about being Mexican that. There are so many things that now I'm trying to pass on to my to my children, and they ask me, "But why do you do those things?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like coming up with all of these answers and and doing research of when it started and, and why do we do it, and, and it's just just like the faith, right? Like passing on the faith, passing mm-hmm. on tradition and culture, um, and you know. Maybe we have listeners that are in other parts of uh, the world or have different ethnic backgrounds than we do, and they do something uh, different for for Christmas Eve, and that can enrich um, how we celebrate um, the, the the birth of our Lord. Mm-hmm. I think that is very very valuable. Yeah, and I think it's also the community aspect, like I, I mentioned earlier, uh, our faith, at least. In my case, growing up, it was something that you lived uh, in community. I have like really good memory. I think I've, I've told the story of like my my the church of my town of my community was like up in the hill where mm-hmm. everybody could see it, and it has like this gigantic cross that lights up at night. So it's kind of like a beacon, mm-hmm. right for for the whole community. And 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 the bell would ring, and you could hear it like for miles. So that was the one thing that that unified that 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 we all had in common. We all knew that come Advent, Christmas time, uh, all of these events were going to happen, and and it was it was pretty awesome to just grow up in that faith centered uh, uh, community, and everybody yeah. got involved. You were everybody's kid at that moment, right? Because everybody every every everybody's mom knew how to make tamales. Everybody's mom knew how to make. Uh, uh, atole, Champurrado, uh, champurrado. Yeah. so it's just like you would go to another house but it was like you were at your own house um so i i've had really fond memories of of pastorelas as well and um 
posadas. It was it was such a fun way of living the faith. And when you get older, you know, you're like, okay, then then how do I apply this to my own family and and what can we do to to pass these traditions on? You know, I think Mexican culture is 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 beautiful and it is important that we uh, pass these these ideas and these traditions on so they just don't like die go go the way of the of the dodo bird you know we want to make sure that there's so much richness in them because they are rooted in in our lady and saint joseph and the baby jesus you know that that ultimately that's what that's how he decided to come you know as a baby in the cold yeah. in the night asking for lodging they didn't have a place um so pastorelas i mean posadas is a is a great reminder of of that and and obviously the the joy and 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 that happens after you let them in you know kind of resembles letting them into your heart that's yeah. that's what we were taught you know as kids abide in and let let Christ abide in your heart and in your home and then the party really really happens amen to that um so yeah that was pretty much all that we had to cover from um this very humble guide which is not exhaustive by any means um but we hope that you find it helpful um this is kind of like that companion to it uh try to explain you know on our episode uh, all the things that that we uh, put together and uh, that piece of information so if you want to get a copy of the let's call it ebook about Las Posadas, go to direct.me forward slash barbatus, direct.me forward slash barbatus. And we are going to have a um, a link where you can download the ebook, which is basically a PDF that you can have on your phone, send it to your Kindle and for easy um, access. Uh, we have a couple of recipes in there and all the information that you heard in this episode. And um, if you have any feedback on it, it's more yeah. than welcome. What what do you do for, to celebrate uh, posadas? Are you gonna if and if you use our guide to celebrate posadas for the first time, and yeah, you just have us it, on it, yeah, um, and, and let us know how how it went. If you're gonna host a posada, invite us. Yeah, do be happy to go and eat tamales and chamburrado. and tell you what you're doing wrong. It's like, no, not that way. <laughs> you're singing it wrong. Start over. <laughs> I know. Is if you want to hire singers for uh, pedir posada, and um, we also uh, can teach lessons. Bring the have guitar. a guitar right there. Gustavo can lead, and um, all the the whole bit is like posada in a box. Where we can start to start doing make, doing that service. Uh, Got to have the ponche though. That's how I uh, that's, soften my my singing voice. Right, a little bit of tequila. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyways. Um, We hope that you have found this episode helpful. If um, if you did, then share it with a friend uh, or, or with family. Like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram and uh, all that fun stuff that you can do on social media and YouTube. Um, and again, direct with me forward slash Propatus for the download there. We also have some Advent goodies in there for you as well. And we will see you next week. Bless us, Alan's Casey. Pray for, Pray for us. us. Say Nick. Un Say Nick. Pray for us. Pray for us. Until the next time. <laughs>